Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to transform your whole life, all your life. We hope that you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. How awesome to see you. Wow, come on, give it up for Beth. Didn't she do an awesome job? Amazing. We've got tap dancing in the house. I mean, it's just like crazy. This is what we do. That's how we roll. Absolutely love it. Amazing to see everybody here and uh, just awesome to have the opportunity of uh, coming to uh, share with you tonight. Why not turn to the person next to you and say, has anyone ever told you you are incredibly good looking? (laughs) Amazing, amazing. Great to be with you. Seven o'clock service. You find us in the middle, or really now, actually, in truth, getting towards the end of a series that we've been preaching over so many weeks, where we have looked at foundations, we've looked at order, and we are presently looking at rhythm. And this has been to do with, uh, it's to do with our theme for the year, which is, behold, I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. That's what we believe God spoke to us about at the beginning of the year. And these subjects over these last weeks have been to address that often our open doors depend on what happens behind closed doors. So we've been taking the opportunity of looking at our hearts, looking at our attitude, looking at our private worlds, and understanding that our faith can impact those places too. And I'm here tonight to uh, preach the uh, penultimate massive message in the series called Tap Into God's Rhythm. And uh, I'm going to start with 1 Kings chapter 8 in the message version. This, this message is it's, it's a buffet. It's, it's a series of thoughts, you know, like when you walk along a buffet and you've got You've got lots of, of options to choose from. You can take, you can pick, you can try a bit of that. And, uh, and, and it's kind of one of those messages that's kind of got a lot of things thrown in. But I believe that every single one is going to leave with something tonight. So 1 Kings 8, 56 to, verses 56 to 58, the message version says this, Blessed be God, who has not given peace to his people who has given peace, rather, to his people Israel, just as he said he'd do. Not one of all those good and wonderful words that he spoke through Moses has misfired. May God, our very own God, continue to be with us just as he was with our ancestors. May he never give up and walk out on us. This is the bit I want you to notice. May he, God, keep us centered and devoted to him, following the life path he has cleared, watching the signposts, walking at the pace and rhythms he laid down for our ancestors. Allow me to pray. Father, we want to say thank you for your love. We want to say thank you for your goodness. You are a good God. And I want to believe with every one of these precious people. Lord, I just happen to believe that there's, it's no accident that they are here this evening. That God, they are here in the timing of God. And the Father, you've got something to say to us, but you've got something to say to every individual in this place. You've, so everyone here tonight has got a message with their name on it. And I pray, Spirit of God, that everyone will hear it clearly in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So 
What I love about this is he says that there is a life path he has cleared. There is a life path he has cleared. There is a road that he has cleared for you. There's a road that he's cleared for me because God is a way, God is a way maker. God is a way maker. And that is the wonder of the God we serve. He is able to open doors. He is able to split seas. He is able to divide rivers. He is able to make a way where there is no way. Even in the wilderness, he is able to make a way and cause rivers to flow in the desert. And I love that when God is showing us the direction of our lives, there doesn't even have to be a way yet. God doesn't need a well-worn path. He doesn't need someone to have gone ahead of him. He is God. There is no one like God. If he says there is a way, there is a way. No man can stand up and say there is no way. There's no issue, no problem, no difficulty that can stand in the way of God because God clears the way ahead of you. He clears the path for you. And then he says that, May he keep us centered and devoted to him, following the life path he has cleared, watching the signposts, watching the signposts. God has placed points of direction along the way to encourage us that we are on the right road. Signposts along the way to encourage us that we are on the right road. Now, I know we live in the world of SatNav and Google Maps and Apple Maps and all that sort of thing. But you see, I am old enough to have uh, actually had to uh, live through a time where we used proper maps in the car. Trying to look at the map and trying to work out where you're going. And, and one of the things that we used to do, and I don't suppose, I don't know, there's not very many people in this room right now will even probably get what I'm saying, but you, you could actually print out AA on their website. You could print out directions from where you are to where you're going and it would say turn left and and it would give you specific directions and we used to go camping uh, in France with our four uh, kids small kids back in those days uh, in the north of France and uh, listen I'm not saying that um, you know it was always like this but I can tell you that with these AA maps and and the French pronunciation uh, of my wife, we had moments that ranged from tension to full-on rouse because she was trying to read. I, I was trying to li- listen to what she was saying and recognize it from the signs. And then, you know, that moment that nobody wants. Nobody wants where, um, um, uh, I, I think we should have taken that turn off. I think we should have... You know, so for me, I'm thanking God for Satnav. It's been a marvelous thing for our marriage. We haven't had one of those arguments for years and years. It's been absolutely awesome. But if you have been on the road and you're not exactly sure where you're going, to see a signpost with the name of your destination on It is so comforting. It is great. God, the Bible says, has set up signposts for us to be encouraged by. Bible says that if we turn to the right or to the left, we'll hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way. 
Walk in it. You know, sometimes we don't hear the voice of God, not because he's silent, but because he doesn't need to say anything because we're on the right road. But, but should we deviate from the path? There is a voice behind us saying, no, this is the way. Walk in this way. The signposts are proof that God has set things up because he wants you to succeed. He wants you to get there. He wants you to make it more than you want to make it. He wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. And he's put things along the way. He's put things along the route to help you to do that. And then, of course, it says walking at the pace and rhythms he laid down. Walking at the pace and rhythms he laid kind down. God's time and God's way in God's time honored way. There's God's way and God's time. You know, we, as you kind of see, we like to do things in a modern way. We like to do things in a contemporary way, but don't get it twisted. We understand that there's some things that will never be modernized because they're just God's ways. They're, they're, they're things that God wants. There's a time honored way that God has planned to do things. God has got his rhythms. He's got his timings. Ecclesiastes tells us there is a time for everything. There's a time to move quickly. In Luke 19, verses 5 to 6, it says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. You know, sometimes God just asks us, to, when he asks us to do something, he expects us to act upon it. Come down immediately. Come now. Do it now. You need to move now. This is not the time to argue with God and tell him all your problems and tell him why you're not the person and tell him why you haven't got the money and you haven't got the resources and you haven't. And you know, God, it's like, you know, like you're giving God information. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about your future. If he, if he is asking you to do something, then there comes a time where I've got to trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding, and know that he is able to make a way. Know that he is able to open the door, even if I can't see it right now. Obedience, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice. Move quickly when you need forgiveness. Or when you need to forgive. Move quickly. If you need forgiveness or you need to forgive, act quickly. The Bible is clear. As people who follow God, as people who walk with Jesus, then we walk in forgiveness uh, and we walk as those who are forgiven. And you know what? When it comes to forgiving, the longer I wait, the more difficult it becomes. So act quickly. Do it quickly. Move quickly. To get away from temptation. You know, we can pray our prayers. We can believe God. But there comes a time when I've got to move. I've got to act. In Genesis chapter 39, the Bible says this, that now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. 
And the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in that in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. I'm going to press pause there because I want us to understand, and I'm not sure that we always do, because we are people who, we believe for favor. We believe for God to act on our behalf. We believe for God to open doors. We believe for blessing. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm fascinated by the fact that even though right now Joseph was a slave, yet the Bible says God was with him and he prospered. He prospered. And not only did he prosper, but the household that he was part of prospered because God is not limited to our understanding. He's not limited to the way we would do things. But the reason why I pause there is because we need to very clearly understand that as much as we get that part, the next bit I'm going to read is also part of the deal. You see, He says here that now Joseph was well built and handsome and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. Now then, how could I do such a a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. And one day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside and she caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house. Now I want, to, I want us, to us to understand some things from this passage because you've got to understand that when God blesses you, when, he want, when he's using you, when he's pouring out his favor, when he's pouring out his prosperity, you've got to understand that there is an enemy of your soul who wants to mess up and ruin every good thing that God is seeking to do in your life. I would want to remind you that Joseph was not in the place of his, of his promised land. He wasn't in the place where his promises were fulfilled. He was yet on a journey. He was a slave. This was not what God had promised him. This is not what he'd seen in his dreams. But, but in this time, in this space, he managed to have the kind of self-talk that prepared him for this moment. When Potiphar's wife came up to him and went, hey baby, hey baby, come to bed with me. He wasn't like, uh, 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 
Eli, he knew exactly what to say. He had, he, had, he had prepared himself because he knew who he was and he knew who his God was and he knew where he was going. So he was, he was able to give the speech because that was his self-talk. That's how he'd encouraged his own soul. And the other bit that I love, and you know, we're talking about moving quickly, is that, that when it came to it on that day when the servants, when he's walking in thinking, this is strange. Everybody's not, where is everybody? It's a bit quiet in here. And then there she is again. Hello, baby. Come to bed with me. And, and, and she grabs hold of his cloak. You know, he didn't stand there going, I'm a man of God, 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 I can, I can handle this, I can handle this, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, thank you Jesus. Can I man die, shall I man die, can I man die, shall I man die. Yeah, it was like, no, 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 the Bible says he ran. You got to know when to run. This is not a time to pray, run first, then pray. You got to get away. You got to move quickly because this stuff is trying to take you down. This stuff is trying to ruin your future. I want to say to us today that flirting is playing with fire. You say, ah, come on. I mean, you know, a little bit of flirting, it doesn't hurt anybody. I mean, it's like, it's only playing. What are you talking about? Why you being, yeah, why, 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 why are you going on about that? Like, you got to understand that if you are doing the flirting or you are being flirted with and getting something out of it, especially if you're married, especially if you're married, if you committed yourself to somebody else and you are getting something out of a bit of flirting because there's somehow something inside of you that's going, <clears throat> still got it. You see, you're, you're not, if, if, that is, if you're having a need that's being met in that way, it's because there is a brokenness. Only God should be meeting that need. If you're feeling like you're something and you're somebody because you're being flirted with, it's, you're looking in the wrong place. You're something and you're somebody because you belong to God. You're a daughter of the king. You're a, you're a son of the king. That is what you need to be focused on. That's where you get your sense of self-worth. Not by somebody giving you the eye across the other side of the room. Flirting is playing with fire. You might get away with it today, but you don't know how long you'll be able to get away with it. Move quickly when you are being tempted. Move quickly when you have the opportunity to bless someone. Proverbs 3, verse 27 to 28, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Move quickly if you can bless somebody. Take the opportunity. Do it. Don't just say, oh, I'll go away and think about it. No, do it now. If you can help somebody now, do it now. There's a time to move quickly. There's a time to move slowly. Move slowly when you're in the process of making major decisions. Need to have prayer for wisdom. Need to move slowly when we don't have all the facts. Proverbs 18, 13 in the Amplified Bible says, He who answers before he hears the facts, it is folly and shame to him. 
In other words, you know why it's a fool that judges half a matter. Make sure you avail yourself of the facts before you speak. If you don't know all the facts, shut up. <laughs> Move slowly when you are hurt, angry, or upset. Move slowly when you are hurt, angry, or upset. Because it's easy to react rather than respond. You can react in the moment and really regret how you reacted because I need to move slowly so that I don't react, but I respond appropriately to what has happened. So I need to move quickly and I need to move slowly at times. And it's how I understand the timings of God in my life. I've got to learn to walk to his rhythm. I've got to learn to move to his Heartbeat. You see, God sets the rhythm for breakthrough. In Joshua 6, we read that now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of Israelites. So the Israelites, no one went out, no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout and then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. See, I love the fact that God says, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. I've delivered Jericho into your hands. I've done something already. You may observe the walls are still standing, but I've done something already. There's some things that have happened in the spiritual realm that are yet to outwork themselves in the physical realm. I have done some things. I have delivered past tense Jericho into your hands. But there are some things while you are waiting that you need to do and you need to keep doing. Years ago, we um, whilst in South Africa, we had a miracle happen for us in that we got um, permanent residency um, miraculously quickly. It's a whole story in itself. Uh, and we got our permanent residency certificates. And then unfortunately, alas, uh, Gabrielle, uh, her certificate, our youngest child, came back with a name missing, her first name missing. Now, you know, uh, South African home affairs is something to behold. And, um, and, and so uh, all I want to say about that is that it was, we, were, we were dissuaded from uh, putting the certificate in to be corrected. Um, and and the, the woman in, in immigration actually suggested that we change Gabrielle's name now to the one that was on the permanent residency certificate. And I said, nah, I don't think that's going to work. So we, we, we sent off our permanent residency certificate, Gabrielle's permanent residency certificate, into the black hole that was South African home affairs, never to be seen again. God bless every one of them. And, but the, the, the thing was that we waited for a year, we waited for two years, nothing still came. But now we were getting to the time where Gabrielle was needing to matriculate uh, from high school uh, and, and finish 
And she needed her, her, her residency to be clarified in order to be able to, enter, to be entered in for the exam. So again, through a series of miracles, too long to go into now, we ended up, we ended up with her application for a new certificate on the desk of the shadow minister for home affairs. It was amazing. I thought, this is awesome. Now, finally, something is going to get sorted. But unfortunately, it was on his desk. It remained for some considerable period of time. And, and you know, I was, I was frustrated. You know, like you can go through these situations just at peace in your heart, knowing, you know what, God's got you. You know, God's looking after you. It's done. He's going to make it happen. Or you can go through it stressed out of your brains, chewing your nails. I chose that route. And I was like, no, man, I, you know, like my te- the teachers are freaking out. Gabrielle's freaking out. You know, I'm freaking out. We need something to happen. But one day, one Tuesday morning in a prayer meeting, I was praying again. I was praying again. I prayed many stressed prayers up to this point, but I just think there was something about that prayer. There was a, a, a cry of, in my heart that went out, and, and I just knew. I don't know how I knew, but I knew that something had shifted in the heavenlies. Something had shifted in the heavenlies. And that week, we got the certificate. And she was able to go and take her exams. You see, there are just some things. I just want to say that to somebody. God's gone ahead of you. God's gone ahead of you. you the walls might still be standing, but you need to know that God has gone ahead of you. God sets the rhythm for breakthrough. He said, march. He said, march every day for six days. He said, march on the seventh day. March seven times around the city. It reminded me of a scripture that I read in First Kings when Elijah said to Ahab, uh, go and eat for there is a sound of a heavy rain. My God, that was was something that he was carrying spiritually that was yet to be manifest in the physical realm because it it was a time of drought. God help us to carry a prophetic sound for the future in spite of the fact that the skies are blue and the sun is beating down and everything is dry and dusty, but I'm carrying the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went and looked up and there was nothing there. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Seven times on the seventh day, they marched around Jericho. Seven times they went back and forth. Seven times to get the breakthrough in a city. Seven times to get the breakthrough in a drought. Seven, the number of perfection. It's, the, it's, it's, it's to do with going, doing it the time, the, amount, the perfect amount of times that God wants you to do it. God sets the rhythm for breakthrough. And I want to say, it, firstly, it's obedient. Be obedient. Breakthrough requires obedience. You have to do what God says in God's way. And I say that because it's not always going to make sense. 
You get told you're going to take a city, but God says march around it every day. March around it in silence. And then, oh, by the way, on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. It's like, bro, what are you talking about? We just need to get in there. We need to take the city. It wasn't even like every city, God was showing them a new way to take a city. It was just this city. It was just this city. You've got you to you listen to God and you've got to be, be obedient and do it in God's way. You've got to be obedient. You've got to be consistent. Breakthrough means you have to keep doing things consistently. Keep doing some things consistently. Even when what you are doing does not seem to be bringing results. I'm marching, but the walls are still standing. I'm going back and forth, but the sky is still blue and there's no rain. I need wine but I'm fetching water. Jesus knows I need wine, but he's told me to fetch water. It doesn't make sense, but I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to be consistent. Obedient, consistent, persistence. The closer you get to your breakthrough, the more God will require of you and the less it will seem like it's working. The closer You get to your breakthrough, the more God will require of you and the less it will seem like it's working. I've been marching. I've been doing what you told me to do. Now you're wanting me to march more and we're still not seeing anything. We're still not seeing any results. The walls are still standing. But keep going anyway. This is the rhythm of breakthrough, obedient, consistent, persistence, obedient, consistent, persistence. This is our spiritual battering ram. This is how we break down those doors in the spiritual realm. Obedient, consistent, persistence. When I carry the rhythm of God's heart, things will shift in the heavenly realms. But it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's the marvel of it all. I've got to do my part. I've got to march when he says march. But I've got to understand that that the victory is not in my marching. The victory is in the fact that God said, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. This something happened. You got to, yes, I want you to march, but you need to understand I've delivered Jericho into your hands. The victory first comes in the heavenly realms. It first comes in the spiritual realms and then it is manifest in the physical realm. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit declares the Lord. You see, there's a vast difference between information and revelation. There were some people crowding around Jesus one day because they had information about Jesus. They'd heard that he was someone who did miracles. They'd heard that he was someone who did signs and wonders and they wanted a piece of that action. And so they were hanging around Jesus and they were pressing around Jesus because they had information about Jesus. But there was one person who, wasn't, who didn't just have information, they had revelation. They had revelation enough to press through the crowd and touch 
the hem of his garment and receive a miracle that day. You see, the crowd knew about him, but she knew him. She had a revelation. The crowd had information, but she had revelation. May God help us to build a church of people who don't just know about Jesus, who don't just have information about Jesus, who, 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 who aren't just uh, caught up in the hype about Jesus, who aren't just hanging around for the signs and wonders and the high fives, but we need people who have got revelation of who he is, people who know how to press through the crowd, people who know how to receive a miracle, people who, knew, who have got their own story. My God, when I've got my own story, I don't need to get your story because I know what my God did for me. I know he got me through that sickness. I know he saved my life that day. I know I would have gone out of my mind if it wasn't for God. I know I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. People who know because they know because they know that God is with them, not through information, but through revelation and personal experience. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's about letting go and letting God. The unforced rhythms of grace. Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn. You see, you can learn it. The unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly oh you can learn you can learn God's rhythm you can learn that God has his timings walking at the pace and rhythms he laid down means I trust his timing Romans 5 verse 6 you see at just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly. Galatians 4 verse 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law. Genesis 18 verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. There is a right time, a set time, an appointed time. A right time, a set time, an appointed time. And in the meantime, I have to, as Psalm 27 puts it, wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. How do I wait? Let me just say that this quickly. 
because it's easy to say wait but how do I wait how do I wait how do I wait for God's timings well firstly don't suppress frustration confess God's promises confess what he said don't worry yourself encourage yourself thirdly don't let doubt talk you out of what you know God has said fourthly Surround yourself with people who, if they can't see what you see, they believe that you've seen what you've seen. And fifthly, wait expectant. You see, this wait on the Lord is not just about hanging around, waiting, chilling. No, this is about waiting expectantly. It's about standing on tiptoe and looking to see. It's an expectant wait. Knowing that God doesn't operate to my timetable because God never turns up just in time. He's always right on time. He's only just in time according to my timetable, but on his timetable, he's just right on time. Learning the rhythms of God, learning the timings of God, learning to trust his timing. It's really powerful and really precious and I believe discovered by few. It's not an easy thing. I wrote something a couple of months back that I want to share with you in conclusion. Just kind of a real taught look about the weight. A real taught look about the struggle. But an understanding of what God can do and I've called it a psalm. And I share it with you to conclude. are you God why do you hide yourself pride yourself on being distant you don't need the hype you're the strong silent type but Lord help help me out here I'm out here standing precariously on a promise that is frayed around the edges and faded with the passing of too many expectant days I've kept smiling and believing As my feet grew numb and my soles have worn thin, as I stand on the word, the last one I heard, where I believed, retrieved a faith that would see me through. Well, now I'm through. And where are you? I'm sorry. Do I sound upset? You bet. I feel like I've been jilted by text without the text. Are you vexed? I'm vexed. Well, I wouldn't know because it feels like you're a no-show. Where did you go? Yeah, that's right. Tell me you hate me. Turn up and berate me. Anything heaven sent, just not this treatment, the silent kind, driving me out of my mind when all I ever wanted to find was you. You're way overdue. Where are you? I've had my say and stormed out the door, then keep coming back to say one more thing that might get a reaction, stir up some action, or there'll be a subtraction, me minus you, then what will you do? Well, I do. If I can't find you. Because truth is, I need you. More than I want to, more than my breakthrough. This strength for ranting which leaves me panting for breath but you lent me both I have thrown them in your face and you weren't even phased because you heard it before I said it before I wrote it you'd read it 
I think you're surprised, but to you it's a reprise that's had too many plays for too many days, which left me dazed and raised questions that were screamed at you about above the white noise of my own soul. Turns out you were speaking all the time I was seeking, but won't compete with the deafening beat of my own fear. If I am to hear, turn down the volume, raise the boom. God's in the room. And he'll keep saying what he's always been saying while I've been praying. I've got your back. There'll be no lack. I'll keep you on track. Where they attack, it's not me. You'll win, you'll see. But victory looks like what I say it looks like. Drops mic. Doesn't need a spotlight. Is the light. End of conversation. Standing ovation. God bless you. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been both challenged and inspired. To stay up to date with everything going on in our church, go to heartchurch.co.uk.